0: Welcome to another awesome episode of Call It in the Ring. I'm Jordan, and I'm joined here, like always, with Ed. How are you doing tonight, buddy?
1: Um, well, it, we're recording this on, on New Year's Day, and I woke up feeling like I got both speared and jackhammered.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: You catch what I did there, you see what I did?
0: No, yeah. I see what All you right, did. Alright, just, just, just wanted to throw that out there. But I have something that'll make you feel better, though. <laughs>
1: is is? Alka Seltzer?
0: No, it's not Alcosessor. It's it's from our good friends of InsideTheCellar.com.
1: Oh, I love them. I love them.
0: You cannot, because we're talking about it here for InsideTheCellar.com, you just go to that site and you can get your very own bottle of Broken Skull IPA. That is Stone Cold Steve Austin's beer. And InsideTheCellar is an official affiliate and also sponsor of Movie Guys Podcast and Caught in the Ring. So check out InsideTheCellar.com. And also go to our website, and it's on the bottom left side of the page. Click on the banner. So,
1: yeah, but for real quick, I'm excited to have them as a a sponsor of of Caught in the Ring and and everything we do here at Movie Guys Podcast. Great company. Uh, You know, they know a lot about alcohol. Um, You know, they know a lot about what goes with what. And, you know, obviously, you know, yesterday haven't been. New Year's, a lot of people uh, drank, you know, and uh, I was, you know, I was one of the guys that, of course, you order from Inside the Cellar, and you know, you have, you have high quality stuff to drink for for New Year's or for any other holiday that you have in mind. Uh, but just keep in mind, everybody, drink responsibly. Go to Inside the and uh, check them out; they're pretty
0: awesome. So now we got our sponsorship. all the way, this is new, yeah. for
1: us. <laughs> it is <laughs> new. Yes, this is what we're
0: trying. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, bear with us, fans. But yes, we are here with Call in the Ring. You've downloaded this episode because you wanted to hear what we had to talk about. Bill Goldberg, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid. Uh, that was past tense. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that as the show progresses. But my God, um, Bill Goldberg in 1998 for me was a real-life superhero. Uh, wow. I believe that about you. I really, really believe that about you. Wow. I mean, what, what made him so different was, yes, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin, which at 12 years old, he's appealing because he swore and he gave off the middle finger, right? Sure. As a grown adult, he's appealing because he does exactly to his boss what you want to do to your boss. Mm-hmm. He just gets away with it. Uh, as a kid, The Rock is appealing because he is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. You know, he does all these moves. He does a little like double kick thing before he kicks you. You know, he's just, he's just, he's just a full blown cartoon character. Triple H was always appealing because he was the cerebral assassin, right? He was always there just planning and and sneaking around, slithering, always slithering. And, you know, he was the one that ultimately tried to uh, destroy uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's career there by having Rikishi run him over. With all three of those big guys I named, Bill Goldberg was a superhero. His entrance was none like any others. Uh, the music is iconic. That music is great. The audience of uh, chanting of Goldberg repeatedly to get him into the ring. The nonsense. The complete nonsense of having police officers escort him to the ring, which makes absolutely no sense, mm-hmm. was appealing. Him standing in the fireworks, in the in the in the pyro, breathing it in and snorting it out of his nose like he's a dragon and breathing it out. It was a spectacle. That's what caught my attention as a young kid. That was a superhero.
1: I yeah. Mean, well, here's the thing. I mean. We'll get into this argument later and how I feel that you're incredibly a hypocrite, especially when it comes to guys, professional wrestling. We'll get into that in more detail later. But yeah, I mean, a hundred percent agree I, I, with a lot of things, you know, watching Bill Goldberg, like the thing that started for him was he, you know, he was the guy that came out to the ring, his entire entrance, you know, especially once he got big was his security guards following him. They, the music would start. <laughs> You know, and you'd hear that, and you knew an ass whooping was about to ensue. And the dude would come out from his locker, slam his head against the door. He'd be bleeding half the time before he got out to the ring. Especially in big time matches, he was super pumped up, and he would do that. Come out to the ring from the locker room. You'd see the camera would follow him. Stand in the middle of the of the, the fireworks. Right, smoke coming off the guy's head. Standing there, he comes out, and he just he just pulls out his tongue. You know, and he just like, he's, 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 he's like animalistic. And you're like, man, this is about to, it, like, this is about to be an ass whooping, you know, and then he'd get to the ring and it was 30 seconds of excitement, you know, kind of like how I feel with my, with my girlfriend, like 30 seconds of excitement. and then I'm done. Okay. So you she, do, stuff, mo- most people are left unsatisfied.
0: So I'm going to make this very <laughs> clear to the fans real quick. Uh, sure. Ed and I have been friends for 10 years now. It's 2019, so we met in 2009. So we've been friends for 10 years. We know each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. Ed knows because of that little jab that he gave me about being a hypocrite. I didn't listen to a damn thing he said, and I was getting exactly. ready a retort. So sure. um, there is about to be a fight. How am, <laughs> I, a, how am I a fucking hypocrite here?
1: Do you want to get into you? Or, sorry, my dog's just scratching yeah. his head there, and he won't shut the fuck up. Go in the other room, dog.
0: Thank so you. So how am I? How am I? Uh, so here? do you really want to get into this? You really want to get into this? Oh, I, I apologize know, for no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not apologizing. I'm just curious real quick on how you say I'm a hypocrite.
1: Well, because Goldberg comes onto the scene in WCW. And within what seems to be four days, gets a title shot and beats Hulk Hogan on Nitro. And he gets all that and he gets the streak and he goes, you know, within a year, within Within a year, he headlines. He becomes champ. He becomes he becomes TV title, TV champ, the US champ, whatever. He becomes heavyweight champ, headlines star, Cave, and then gets cattle prodded. Like all within a year of him, de- of, his, of a year and a half of his debut. Whereas you have said, particularly on the show.
0: The Rock didn't deserve it. The
1: Rock hasn't earned it. He just came into the ring, and he, all of a sudden, within six weeks, was given a world title shot, and that's why I hate him. But now you're like, I love Goldberg because he was undefeated, got a a title match within six months
0: of him debuting in in WCW. You're
1: just kind of a hypocrite. That's all. It's cool, man. It
0: is cool. Okay. So um, I need the fans to go back and listen to the beginning of the show right now, and I need Ed (laughs) To go back and listen to the beginning of the show right now i'm not going to show my hand just too quick those words never uttered out of my mouth good sir if i want to quote paul Heyman, uh that uh, i love bill goldberg um i told you even when i was a kid in those episodes that i loved the rock and triple h and stone cold bubble i didn't know anything about it. i didn't know the dirt sheets i didn't know the storyline I, I didn't know i was a kid i enjoyed it right mm-hmm. i enjoyed bill goldberg Get into wrestling again now as an adult, doing the show with you. I still stand by what I said. I do not like the fact that Bill Goldberg just walks in after Sting and Lex Luger finds him, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. I don't like the fact that he got all this shit. Absolutely, I do not. Those words do not utter my mouth that I think he's the greatest wrestler ever or that I think he's great. I was just making a comment in 1998 when 12-year-old Jordan's nuts were starting to drop, how fucking awesome it was to see a real-life superhero and trying to do a comparison between him and arguably the three biggest superstars in WWF at the time with The Rock, Triple H, and Stone Cold Steve Austin and how they are different.
1: Okay, I'm just saying, bro, that like...
0: That's not being a hypocrite. I just said that's it why I like. Pretty I'm much thinking. is. You're pretty much it, listen. How I just explained like, it, and you did, and you did
1: explain it, and you explained away, you explained away the pain that I was about to cause you. So I'm not going to argue with you anymore. We can get wow. to the show.
0: Wow. I just
1: legit, I legitimately 110 feel like you're being hypocritical because you know you hated on The Rock the whole time we did the episode. You hated on, you know, you literally hated on The Rock the whole time we did the episode. And now you start by saying Bill Goldberg was my hero, even though they had the same
0: rise to start with. At twelve years old? Yes, he was my hero. At thirty-two years old? No. Okay. But, okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm 12 years old, man. I was still in my under Jesus Christ. I was a kid. Just, saying.
1: Just say. It, man. Just say it. God damn.
0: God. Well, Bill Well, uh, Bill Goldberg is actually his real name. I did not know that until I uh, started to prepare for the show. But uh, Bill Goldberg's real name is actually William Scott Goldberg. He was born on December 27th of 1966. He's 52 years old. We're not going to talk about it much, but Bill Goldberg started his weightlifting, well, I don't, what do say, bodybuilding kind of career, mm-hmm. when he played defensive tackle for Georgia, at uh, University of Georgia, there, um, mm-hmm. he was drafted in 1990 uh, in the 11th round, 302nd pick, and he was drafted to the Rams.
1: He, started- yeah, I mean, he was one of the he was one of those guys that of that era. They played football first, and you know they then they went on and uh, they weren't very successful. Guys like Brock, Brock Lesnar, who he'll he'll be forever tied to. Same thing when he played football didn't work out for him. Uh, WCW's equivalent, Mongo McMichael, although he ended up winning a Super Bowl ring with the Bears. It's different, but still, same point. The point.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Um, I love uh, not being hypocritical here. Uh, I love ESPN's uh, 30 for 30 documentaries, and I watched that documentary with, uh, with Mongo, whichever. What was that team that he was on that won the championship? Oh, shit. He won it with the
1: 85 Bears, I believe. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I believe. Right. I believe. Oh. You're right. You're right. I remember that it was 85 bears. So I'm watching the documentary years ago, right when it aired. And, uh, and then in 2016, I start getting into wrestling again and I start watching the network shit and I start watching WCW shit. I'm like, is that, is that Mongo from the bears? What
1: the, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: what the fuck? And I had to Google it. Cause I was completely fucking shocked that Mongo from the bears was in WCW. Uh, uh, Goldberg had an interesting career. He had a a five-year career uh, playing uh, professional football. He started with the Rams in the practice squad. Then he went to uh, the Canadian Football League for a couple years. He played in the Sacramento Urge and also the Sacramento Gold Miners. And then he was picked up by the Atlanta Falcons for two years, from 92 to 94. And he ended his career as the practice squad member for the Carolina Panthers in 1995. And I believe that was the year that the Panthers was their inaugural season.
1: Uh, which what year nineteen
0: ninety five? Yeah, I, I believe that was there. In- mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. Yeah. I was
1: living in. I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina at the time, and the Carolina Panthers were the biggest thing since sliced bread. And that was Every- the
0: nineteen ninety five NFL expansion draft.
1: Uh yeah yeah uh, I I remember like when it first got announced. It's just as just as me remembering. I mean I'm I'm a little kid, so I'm probably misremembering most of this. Um, you know the whole world, the whole my whole world at the time was you know like big on the Carolina Panthers. I don't remember, I don't remember Bill Goldberg as a football player. I don't. And I'm very knowledgeable about professional football and the history of professional football in a lot of ways. Uh, I unfortunately, might let, you know, but that's why I don't remember him. And thank God that I don't, because he, that means he wasn't good enough <laughs> to be a professional wrestler. And that's when he, you know, he was a, uh, that's when he went to professional wrestling. Cause he was, uh, I think if I read now, I don't know if I'm going to screw you up here when I say this, I always tend to do that. I think if I remember right, he was doing MMA training and lifting, and he got recognized by by Lex Luger and Sting. And, oh, okay. Was it so? It was Lex Luger and Sting, or just Sting?
0: Yeah, Lex Luger and Sting. And he and, and and it took him a long time. So what happens is Goldberg's career ends where he tore his lower abdomen of his pelvis as a practice squad member. His 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 career's over with. He's done. Um, But during his rehab, after his NFL injury, uh, he began to power lift and began to do MMA, and he was spotted by Lex and Sting, and they pressured him to become a professional wrestler. And Goldberg said straight up to him, I am not a fan. I don't care about wrestling. It's not my thing. However, mm-hmm. though, after Lex and Sting actually kind of like, pushed him more and pushed him more and pushed him more. He figured this would be a good way, you know, to get active more and, you know, start, you know, thinking of something else. So then they brought him over to the power plant, the WCW power plant.
1: Really? See, I didn't remember it like that. I just knew that dude was a weightlifter. And I just remember Lex, I just remember the way I remember it. Guy was a powerlifter and doing MMA training. And Lex Luger found him somehow, some way, because I think I don't know if he was living in Atlanta at the time or something, but Lex Luger found him and they went over and told him he should go to re- go to be a professional wrestler and the power plant. And he got playing trained at the power plant. Yeah,
0: no, I don't he remember. No you you he know, you know way more about it
1: than I do. And then I also remember his very first match was against Hugh Morris on Nitro. No, that was not his first match. We'll oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah.
0: No. And, and trust me, fans, I am not a Goldberg fanatic. I just, Prepared myself for two weeks to study and do research. I have my notes here in front of me, so don't think it I definitely think, sounds
1: like it. It definitely sounds like you're sucking on his wing, but
0: I mean, I just i I did my research. I have my notes, like I'm like any good host is supposed to do for a show, right?
1: Sure, sure.
0: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being a hypocrite, am I?
1: At this particular moment, not yet.
0: Okay, I just uh, want to make you clear. were earlier. You were earlier,
1: but not at this particular.
0: Moment. This is this is going to be a theme throughout the whole show. The oh. show's not going to be called Goldberg. It's going to be called Hypocrite. Um, that could
1: be your wrestler name if you had an in ring persona, it could be you know the hypocrite
0: yeah from or, from parts unknown yeah that 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 would be or from death Valley <laughs> yeah. but um you know, watching some of the documentaries um about Goldberg in this past few weeks preparing for this episode and then uh, reading some of the stuff that I read about him, it makes sense with his attitude that he had. Uh to jump uh just, just jump ahead for a second. I'm not gonna talk about anything that's too godly important, but he was not well liked right off the bat when he came into WCW. Uh he was a bit of a loner in WCW. Uh he would ask Eric Bischoff what time am I supposed to show up? Bischoff would say a time. He would show up at that time, be by himself, be prepared in the locker room, go out, do a shtick, go back, shower, and leave. And in the wrestling world, that is a big no-no. And that's one of the reasons why that his attitude towards wrestling never really changed. He showed up to do a job. I admire that. Mm-hmm. But to be with the boys, to be with Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan and Sting and Luger, you want to you wanna stay while, hey, Bill, you want to go out for a beer after work? Yeah, let's go. Get to know the boys more. Get in more. I, I i would predict that if uh, Goldberg actually did that in real life maybe there would have been a better Goldberg career in WCW.
1: um i don't know about that i mean him guys like him and the ultimate warrior the ultimate warrior was like that uh he would uh the ultimate warrior was the guy that he was real into health he would definitely list he would definitely knock a lot of the guys and drink so that's just bill Ger- bill Goldberg did his job and, and left he wasn't like that
0: well, I'm not saying drinking. Let's just, boom, let's just throw it out the window. Well, I'm not do- even, like hanging out with the
1: boys, whatever. That's,
0: yeah, hanging out know. with the boys. But that's what helps you. That's what helps you get into things. That's what That's well, what he, the, guy,
1: the guy won the strap in six months. It sure didn't hurt him.
0: <laughs> it didn't hurt him because they had, I mean, Eric Bischoff has said in multiple interviews that he didn't know how to market Goldberg, the fans. And, and, and you've said it yourself in the show that Bill Goldberg is probably one of the most, besides Sting, and Flair, Bill Goldberg's in that group of Sting and Flair of WCW created talent because the fans just flocked to him.
1: Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There was nothing that anybody could have done. This is the way it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I said Rick Flair was a WCW created talent. He was. He had his shtick before WCW, but.
0: Anyway, yeah, but, but, but yeah, I mean
1: there, yeah, there were guys that were W, there were guys that were WCW created talent, and Bill Goldberg was the, the one that basically was you know international to a certain degree. Um, I mean, Sting had Sting was WCW. Let's be let's be honest. Sting was WCW, one hundred percent. That's, you know, you think of WCW, you think of the logo, and you think of Surfer Boy Sting. We talked about the first part of his career. But, you know, Goldberg was the guy that he was the immovable object. He was the unstoppable force. He wasn't just one. He was both. And, you know, that's just how that that went. You know what I mean? It's just how he was. Yeah, he was a WCW-created talent. Yeah.
0: All right, so uh, what I love about this show is I love when Ed calls me a hypocrite. And then um, I love when I prove Ed wrong. So it's just. Oh, well, you can try, bud, but we're, we'll I see mean, how this goes. I already did because you said that his first match was against Hugh Morris and it wasn't. Uh, working I'm pretty as- sure it was.
1: I'm pretty yeah. sure it was.
0: No nope. Dark matches don't count.
1: I'm talking like his match. first.
0: Okay, all right. It's fucking a dark match.
1: Okay, all, all right.
0: Well, here's the list. Whatever, Listen whatever. On, motherfucker. I'm telling you, his fucking matches. Regards, the dark match is a match. It's a fucking match. The guy worked a match. Period. If you want to actually sit here and argue with me about the specifications of a fucking match, then we can do so, my good sir. I'm going to say that a lot for Paul Heyman's sake. Uh, just so you know, I'm being a smart ass when it comes to the good sir. All right, well,
1: if I, re- if I remember right,
0: uh-huh. on September 22nd, of
1: 1997. Uh, It was Nitro. The only reason I remember this is because I watched it through the WWE Network. His mm -hmm. debut match was against Hugh Morris mm -hmm. on Monday Nitro.
0: Okay. So the first match was a dark match on a Monday Nitro event on June 23rd, 1987, where he defeated Buddy Lee Parker. The second match he faced was a Saturday night dark match, and it was against Buddy Landell. His third match was against Hugh Morris at a house show. His fourth match was against Chip Minton, which was a Monday Nitro dark match. And then also, he wrestled and defeated John Becha, Becha, which was a house show. And then his final pre-televised appearance in a dark match was on July 24th at Saturday Night Taping, where he lost to Chad Fortune. Okay. So, Look, and then also my notes, it says on September 22nd, 1997, on Nitro, Goldberg defeated Hugh Morris in his debut match. So, that's his debut match on television. The argument was, what was his first match? That now, was you're, the you're,
1: argument. You're being semantical. You're arguing semantics. You're not arguing facts, but continue.
0: Oh, how, how, how am I arguing what? His first match was a dark match against well, listen, Buddy Lee Parker.
1: Okay, okay, well... Okay, well then, what's the most? What's the? What is the most famous thing about about Goldberg in in his time in WCW? Uh,
0: the streak, on, streak. Uh, his okay, answer. there you go. There's your answer. They didn't.
1: If those, those matches do not count because he, you just said it yourself. He lost a match on, on on a TV on a house show on a dark match on a TV on a TV tape. WCW doesn't count that. The, w- re- the, w- wrestling, round ra- the is- wrestling the wrestling records don't count that. Therefore, awesome. without being semantical arguing facts, his first match where he b- went 1 and 0, oh, right, was on Nitro. What you're referring to and so I can lay it down for you, it would basically be like the preseason. Those matches those 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 games don't count. <sighs> then you get to the regular season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the games count. He okay. got to his debut match on Monday Nitro against Hugh Morris. Oh, that
0: match counted. Okay. I mean, like, if you want to go that route, we can go that route. I'm just showing off of what you said as his first match, and, and according to the notes here, uh, his first match was a dark match on Monday Nitro. So it
1: was again. It was
0: pre-TV. It was you
1: know it was wasn't on TV. It doesn't count. They're not counting it. WCW's not counting it.
0: Okay. Well, his streak doesn't matter anyway, because I mean, that's
1: probably- the most famous thing about him.
0: Yeah. How does it not matter? It, it, it matters about the character, but the streak is not even real. It's fake. What's his face? Tony Shavano. Tony Shavano. What? Tony Shavani. Yes. Tony Shavani has even said in multiple podcasts that he's done that one day Eric Bischoff would say, "Okay, this week he's sixty-three and zero. Okay, this week he's eighty-three and 0. So I mean, oh, the, whatever, whatever. What it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking gimmick. Just like I thought. Uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was drinking real beer, but it was if you, if you look at it on our high definitions, it's all non-alcoholic. So it's a fucking gimmick. Ah, I, I don't
1: know what it was. I don't care what it was. That was what it was on TV. It's a fucking. It was an undefeated streak.
0: Okay. All right. So so this is my argument. Whatever. Then I, then I end it. You said his first match. I told you his first match. If you wanted, listen, to... we're just going to argue in circles
1: because you're not. You're just not presenting. You're you're trying to find ways just to argue with me because I called you a hypocrite. So let's just move on.
0: I'm not trying to find out ways to argue with you because you called me a hypocrite, good sir. I disagreed with your statement that I'm a hypocrite because I felt I explained myself very well, good sir. 12-year-old Jordan thinks differently than 32-year-old Jordan, good sir. Anyway, let's let's go ahead and go on with the show. <laughs> on September... 22nd, 1997, on an episode of Nitro, Goldberg defeated Hugh Morris in his debut match. You happy? Sure. After that, he started to do quick one- to two-minute matches. Now, here's me not being a hypocrite. As a kid, that was cool. Because you knew, at 12 years old, when Goldberg came out, this is going to get an ass beating. This is going to be a fucking massacre. He's going to fly through everybody on this fucking roster. I can't wait to see Goldberg does what he does, right? Mm-hmm. But then in the early 2000s, I become a fan of WWF more, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And there was a little show that you can see this clip on YouTube. And it was uh, called, It was on MTV called Tough Enough. You remember that show? I sure do. And in the first season, Triple H was in the ring with the new recruits and explained to them about the world of the business. And he was a dick, and he was a dick on purpose to make them understand how tough this business actually is. And one of the wrestlers, one of the trainees, was wearing a Goldberg shirt in the ring at a WWF ring. Mm -hmm. And Triple H calls him out. Now, fans, you can find this on YouTube, and, Ed, you can find this on YouTube as well. Uh Triple H goes to that rest, to that recruit and says, Bill Goldberg, huh? You like him? The guy's like, Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's like, Yeah. Talk about a guy who can't fucking wrestle and can only do a two-minute match because he doesn't know how to do any fucking moves and he's carried by every man that he's in with the ring. I saw that back when that aired, and I remember it now. And uh Wow, that's true. I mean, a, a one two-minute <laughs> match. That's just it's true. I mean, like I said, 12-year-old Jordan is like, he's going to he's gonna murder him. You know, like 12-year-old Jordan was like fucking Jerry Lawler, you know, just like all about the show. Uh, but, but you watch the matches now and it's like, oh, God, it's Goldberg. He's going to have only two minutes. What a shame. I did not like this run. I did not like these one, two-minute matches. I'm assuming you did or didn't. I don't know.
1: Well, at the time, sure. You know, at the time I was like, this guy cannot be beaten. He's so much better than everybody else that he beats everybody in 2 minutes or less, right? Now, as an adult knowing what I know about professional wrestling, having done the show for quite some time and my fandom, it's exactly right. That is literally that is 100% right. Oh. Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg much like guys like Brock Lesnar, you know, now Brock Lesnar goes longer cuz he's got the stamina. But you know he—he's got to get. He guys had to carry him because he wasn't a wrestler. He was a—he was a show. It was a show for him.
0: Which is why okay. I'm saying to you is bullshit that he got into it as fast as he did because the guy wasn't even. This guy gets let. This guy is a part of the Carolina Panthers expansion draft in 1995. He starts working out in power lifts and becomes an AAA, uh, MMA fighter. He meets Lex Luger and Sting. They're pushing him. They're pushing him. They're pushing him. He won't do it. He becomes a part of the power plant in June of 96, and his first match is June 23rd of 97. A full year. A full fucking year. That's bullshit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and, and the guy can't wrestle, so like, this is my argument. And this is why Eric Bischoff, I love the man, he's, he's so awesome, but he also has a lot of shitty ideas. You're going to take a guy like Bill Goldberg and you're going to introduce him for the first maybe 15, 20 wrestlers as an unstoppable force, right? Sure. You're going to have a couple of matches that are just a minute long, two minute long to really sell to the fans that this guy's fucking unstoppable. But that mm-hmm. also happens uh, later in his career when he fights the big guys. It's like you know you want to start him off as a guy who can wrestle for one to two minutes only because he's so powerful, cool. But then what really drops the what but but what really drops the ball on it is that he doesn't he doesn't continue doing that. It's just it's just quick two minutes every time, and that's so frustrating. He can't even, wrestle
1: even up and up to his his champ. We'll get to this way later when he be, later becomes the universal champ. You know at the at the end of his. Professional wrestling career when he comes back. Yeah, the uh, the Survivor Series 16. Yeah, yeah, well, at, at Fastlane,
0: at no, Fastlane, no.
1: when he when he beats when he beats uh, uh, Kevin Owens, who is Universal Champ, no, they have no. this big this big rivalry for for years and years and years, right? Or excuse me, I'm sorry, years for weeks, and you know, then all of a sudden, Bill Goldberg, Bill Goldberg comes out and spears him, and the match is 10 seconds.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not a fan because he did that with Brock Lesnar in Survivor Series in 16. Just, just, ah, oh, just yeah, disappointing. Yeah,
1: they didn't do it. They did not do it. Did they do it at WrestleMania too.
0: Yeah, well. The,
1: the, the WrestleMania, final WrestleMania, not the not The, the, the first one, was,
0: was at least five minutes, so we got that going for us. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, just as a kid, again, throughout my whole theme of the show here, as a 12-year-old kid, this is exciting. This is great. Bill Goldberg is god. Uh 32 mm-hmm. year old Jordan is like, God, this guy can't wrestle. And <laughs> it's 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 just god damn, that that just sucks. Um, mm-hmm. so so Goldberg starts September of ninety-seven. Um he just they spend the rest of nineteen ninety-seven just, you know, just building up the card. Um he, makes his, he actually makes his uh, pay-per-view debut in December of that year at Starrcade, and he, and he defeats uh, Steve McMichael there. But then in the beginning of 1998, Goldberg actually um, defeated Brad Armstrong uh, in Super Bowl eight, and he also pinned uh, Perry Saturn in Spring Stampede of that year. So then they changed it because they used to call him Bill Goldberg, but then in March of that year, WCW changed his name to just straight-up Goldberg. And this is when they start doing the win count. In March of 98 they start doing the win count and they first announce on television that he is 74 and 0 without a loss. 74 and 0. Now, that's just that's just bullshit. Mm. <laughs> that's, just, that's just bullshit. Um his first major feud is with Raven. Um, after they made that 74 and 0 uh, announcement there, he actually challenged Raven for the United States Heavyweight Championship. Um, and Raven won the United States Championship the night before his stand, at, at spring stand speed. But Raven's flock tried to interfere. Goldberg defeated them all. And boom, all of a sudden, in, uh, in March, April of 1998, Goldberg is now the United States Heavyweight Champion, and he just got into wrestling two years prior.
1: And that was actually not a bad match. Uh, much like many of the matches, that was what was called Raven's rules, which was the equivalent of it was the hardcore rules. It was ECW stuff because Raven was ECW, and Raven's flock. They were, you know, they were, you know, they weren't ECW guys, but they were as they were nobodies. You know, they were just random. Random dudes, I don't remember any single member of Ravens flock. I might be. I'm sorry I mean? for for. Do I? Yeah, you know one. Who who's in Ravens? Who was in Ravens flock? I do not. The remember. one
0: guy that you know because he can we talked about him in Starcade '98. Billy Kidman was. Oh, that's one.
1: right. That's right. That's right.
0: Billy Kidman will come out with the brown tattered shirt and always scratching himself and twitching.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I remember. I remember that now. I
0: I don't. I mean, yeah. So Billy Kidman was a part of Ravens flock. So yeah, bullshit. He's been in the he's been in the business for two years. He's now the United States heavyweight championship. They don't even give him the United States. Uh, they don't even give him the television title. They're gonna give him the United States every. I mean, they're gonna give him the equivalent to the Intercontinental title in just in two years, just like the Rock. Bullshit. <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah, I'm glad you're at least changing your hypocritical ways. But continue. I
0: wasn't being hypocritical, <laughs> you jackass! I've already explained this to you. A jackass? What is it? What is a jackass? It's just something I picked up from work. Instead of saying jackass, because it's a very Christian work, we say jackass. Okay. I just, just, like, just like just
1: like Blink 182's great album, take off your take off your coat or take off your pants and jacket.
0: Yes, that's essentially. Uh, nice. You know, because we just we can't swear. Well, we can't swear. We're grown adults, but if a boss hears us, we get in trouble. So yes. you know, we just say jackass. I, I don't know. We just anyway. um, A little bit personal information there, but that's my point. You jackass. All right. <laughs> is that I already told you that twelve year old Jordan loved all that shit. Thirty two year old Jordan is scratching his head, saying, "But what about Hogan and Sting and Luger and?" and Flair, and Nash, and Hall, and these guys will all have paid their dues. Yeah. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, I bet I bet you people in the in the back absolutely hated him. I don't know that that's p- to be a fact. No, but no, I it is hear- a
0: fact. It is a fact. They didn't hate him because of the title stuff. They hated him because the motherfucker never showed up and hung out with the guys. Like, wrestling is a big brotherhood a la kind of fraternity kind of situation here. You know, you always travel with each other. You're in the same cars with everybody for months of time. You know, he would just show up. He would travel by himself and leave after at the end of every event, a la Thunder Nitro or a pay per view. After even even after a pay per view, he just went to his locker room, took a shower, and left.
1: Yeah, well, a big part of prof- being a professional wrestler, you know, like even even through to this day, the old school guys they're all they're all carnies. You know, they all speak carny. The old guys, and when they were leaving they hated the new guys because they were kind of sort of doing their own thing, but they all had that still, that brotherhood, that fraternity. Of, we're traveling together. We're going to form tag teams. We want to form. We're going to do these kinds of things. And then you had somebody like Bill Goldberg who was by himself or, you know, the ultimate warrior was the same way.
0: True. So, yeah, so now- I can understand that. So now after he wins the U.S. heavyweight championship, he starts a feud with Raven and his flock. Um, on Thunder on April 22nd, he made his first successful title defense against Mike Ennis. Owens? Owens? Ennis? Mike, Mike uh, Ennis? Mike E-N-O-S. Mike Ennis? Oh, uh, sure. yeah. Mike Ennis. You know what? I'm just going to say this get off my chest. Again, for how many episodes we've done this, I retract my statement that I like WCW more than WWF. Who the fuck are half of these fucking motherfuckers? <laughs> I could tell you at least 30 wrestlers in the attitude era. All the way from um all the way from Billy Gunn and, and Road Dog and all this Who the fuck is Mike Enos? Um don't, well, tell me, he... don't tell me I don't care. I'm not gonna have you bore the fans. I'm just saying. <laughs> who the fuck is Mike Enos, right? that's is my point. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, like. Okay, I won't I won't tell you
1: who he is then.
0: I mean, my God, like, it's just, oh, God. Anyway, so then Goldberg continued his feud with Raven and the Flock at, at Slambury, where he ended it after defeating the title again. And then he started to make a title offense against Conan at the Great American Bash and also Kurt Henning. And for the first time, he said the catchphrase, Who's next? <laughs> Love that catchphrase. Love that catchphrase. The, yeah, when he would,
1: uh, who, who's next? <sighs> I pulled his tongue out. <sighs>
0: I mean, I mean, you got Austin 316 said, I just whipped your ass, and then you got, who's next? That's just, I mean, right there. I mean, that's just great.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about what We even joked about things like, uh, get these hands. Shit that was said, like just said,
0: mm. and they began to get stuck. Well, you know who's next? One of those things. And the man, Becky Lynch, the man. Yeah, well, she even changed her Twitter handle to the man, and I love the fact that she's the man. Yeah, I mean, she will get her title back from Oscar. I get anyway. Oh God, yeah. Anyway, so so Goldberg has now gone through the shit that is ninety five percent of the WCW locker room, and. <laughs> He finally, finally, uh, is becoming the number one contender for the world heavyweight big gold belt title. Do you like how I said that? Though that ninety five percent of uh, WCW's roster was shit. It was the first factual thing that you said that was your that was also your opinion since we started this show. Wow! Fuck you. <laughs> hey, I agreed with you. Yeah, I know. But you just have those ways. Do you just have those ways of just, hey, hey, I've had enough of, I've had enough of your dick in my ass. I'm good. And you're like, I don't give a fuck about your feelings, and you keep jamming it in there. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just gonna pass I, I, out. I,
1: I, I, res- I do resent your analogy, however, I think it's funny.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, WCW decides that they are going to have Goldberg feud with the NWO and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Bad idea. Bad idea. Terrible idea. Do not Uh, have. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but uh, Hulk Hogan? Really? Like, okay, argue with me on this one. All right. You and I are booking WCW okay let's mm-hmm. just go back in time fans we're gonna go back in time doodaloo, 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 right yeah so ed and i are now i'm just gonna explain the scene for you we're in a boardroom and ted turner tower headquarters and we're thinking about bill goldberg and i'm gonna say a little skit here to ed and no we did not rehearse this or practice this this is the fly off our seats uh but uh ed here we go this is what i would suggest. Uh, Bill Goldberg has went through ninety five percent of our shit roster in WCW here. Let's start it. Let's let's start by getting him feuding with NWO. What do you think?
1: That sounds like a fantastic
0: idea. Great. So what we're gonna do first is let's not do Hollywood Hulk Hogan because we got Ric Flair, you got Hulk Hogan, two big icons, right, Ed? Sure, sure, sure. Our great roster
1: has some great talent.
0: Yep. Ted Turner must, you must really love that paycheck. So, I love wrestling.
1: Am I Ted Turner? I'll play Ted Turner. I didn't know that was my role. I'll be, I'll be Ted. I do love me some wrestling.
0: Hey, thank you so much for buying the Braves and running them in the ground. Appreciate that one.
1: Hey, we won World Series
0: now. Um. Okay. So, I anyway. started CNN. <laughs> You're not playing Ted Turner, but all right. Oh, well. uh, I thought I was playing Ted Turner. You no, just called I'm, me Ted. No, I know what I said your your checks from Ted. But, oh, uh, okay. Uh, but anyway, so so um I'm okay. leaving the room. Y'all two keep talking. So <laughs> so the NWO is huge. We got ninety-five percent of the roster that is shit. We got the other five percent that's all part of the NWO. Uh we don't know what we're gonna do with sting or whatever, but how about this? let's do uh, Bill Goldberg against the lower-ranking NWO. And every time he wrestles against them, more and more show up like a fucking swarm of people. What do you think about that?
1: I think... I'm sorry, not Ted Turner anymore. Uh,
0: (laughs) I think that sounds like a great idea, sir. Oh, good. I'm glad you actually do agree with me on this one because what really happens now that our characters are done... Is that he goes after Hulk Hogan. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's that yeah. It's when we we forgot the part where where Vince Russo comes out and says, That's a that's a terrible idea. I'm gonna do it this way because I used to write in a magazine and I know what everything needs to be in the professional wrestling.
0: God damn it. I mean, like, that is that is such a stupid idea. So you got 95% of your roster that is dog shit. Who the fuck is Mike Enos? And then you have your other 5%. Can I hashtag that? Can I hashtag that? Who the fuck is Mike Enos? And, and, and then you got your other 5% who's a part of the NWO, the NWO Wolfpack, the LWO? Why did do the RWO, the Ravens World Order? Fuck it, who cares? The flock, they had the flock. Whatever, tomato, tomato. I'm just whatever. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. yeah no. there were no the Bill
0: Goldberg and
1: Sting, not and not Sting forever, but at this time, Bill Goldberg and Sting were the only two solo wrestlers in all of WCW. Everybody else was a member of the new the NWO Black and White, NWO Wolfpack, the LWO Ravens Flock, the Four Horsemen. Like it was there were no solo wrestlers except nope. for except for Sting and Goldberg and Sting later joined the NWO Wolfpack.
0: Well, he did, but then you're also forgetting about some heavy hitters too. You're forgetting about DDP and also Booker T. But, that's
1: true. No, Booker, well, that's right. Booker T's brother was in the NWO.
0: He was. So, I forgot okay, you're right. I didn't forget about that. One. So, like, okay, so this is my problem. This is pretty much the bulk. This is the meat and potatoes of the show here. It's. Bill Goldberg's career started off awesome, and his career failed because of terrible fucking booking. You're going to have him go through the oh, roster. It
1: yeah.
0: No, it fucking failed, dude. Look. It failed. I mean, the guy. <laughs> anyway,
1: anyway continue. Go, go, with at, go with your point. Go with your point.
0: Okay, fine. Look at my point here, okay? He's going to go through your B team of your roster, right? Sure, that's a given. That's the guy you created, right? This guy breathes fire, for Christ's sakes, right? He's a dragon. This guy's a beast, right? Mm-hmm. That's his giving. So then you go sure. through the C team. You go through the B team. Now you're going to get to the A team. Before he goes into the the fucking Nasdaqs, the fucking high fucking ranking blue chip guys, have him go against the Dow. Have him go against DDP. Have him go against Booker T. Before you get to the NWO. which nope, is- He did that
1: first, <laughs> and then he went through DDP. D- D-
0: <laughs> That's the problem, man. Like, <laughs> you're what right, the fuck? yeah, like you're
1: 100.
0: Have him feud with those guys, you know, have him feud with them, you know, it just whatever. And then, and then, you know, boom, okay, so he's done feuding with DDP, he's done feuding with Booker T, and then boom, NWO, NWO shows up and tries to recruit him, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, fuck you I'm Bill Goldberg, I'm taking you all on, right? Because mm-hmm. let's have a storyline be he's going to bring WCW back to the way it was, back to wrestling. Back to the glory days. He's here to destroy the NWO. I just pulled that out of my ass in this fucking show. And that sounds a billion times better than what they fucking came up with in WCW. I just pulled that out of my ass.
1: It's, yes. Well, you, yeah, you could have been, a, you could have, listen, at the rate they were going through writers, you could have been the head writer
0: for WCW. And I would have lasted. I mean, come on. I mean, Oh, so, anyway, I'm, I, gotta <laughs> I i got to move on. i I got to move on. So, so I said what I said about Booker T and DDP. We'll get into them a little bit later. So, then, okay, so then anybody shows up, and now you're going to have him fight against the B team of NWO. Have them go against Kurt Henning again, who was a part of it. Have them go against Scott Steiner. Have him go against, you know, little guys, Conan. Just more guys like that, you know, Buff Bagwell, you know, just kind of just go through the ranks, right? Mm-hmm. The big three that he needs to get is Hogan, Scott, and Nash. So then in the storyline, he has one more thing that he has to beat. The Goro to the Shang Song or Shao Kahn, Mortal Kombat reference there. Wow, He needs, good for you. He needs to go against the Giant. And then right. after he defeats the Giant, then he's at the main event at Starcade against Hulk Hogan for the title. That's what mm. it should have been. No.
1: should have been. Yep, you're right.
0: That is what the world should have seen. What we did see was he challenges and gets a title shot against Hulk Hogan on July 6, 1998, on an episode of Nitro in the Georgia Dome. <laughs>
1: That that should have been a pay-per-view.
0: That should have been
1: <laughs> it was yeah, like here's the thing. They gave it free to everybody, and I do appreciate that, trust me, because that was one of the greatest matches of, of his career. That was one of the highlights of his career, and it was free with your subscri- cable subscription service, right? So I mean I guess not free, but you paid for your cable, so then you didn't have to pay the extra amount of money. And I remember I watched that. I did watch that episode. But you're a hundred percent right. The the hype should there was no hype for it. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. It was it was very poor booking on the part of the rest of of WCW. And I, you know, I, I kind of personally wish it would have been on on a pay per view so we could have had a we could have had we literally could have had it you know a month's worth of stuff leading up to it, but we didn't. So you know we had we had it was you know Nitro was the thing the thing about Nitro was like the, Nitro would be like you know you'd be in the middle of a match like wait a minute we've got something going on in the background and we have cameras back there we're gonna get and they, it was obviously staged it was obviously staged so you know it just didn't have the 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 awesomeness that, that Raw had in, in that way so it, it was a let it was a letdown I will say that it was a letdown.
0: Let down. It was a complete fucking shit show. Now I will say this because one day I would love to interview him and talk to him on our show, and I want to make it very clear to him. I I I love you. I do. Thank you for the things that you have done. But Eric Bischoff, what the fuck? I mean, I have listened to other podcasts that he has done, and Eric Bischoff excuse his bullshit. I'll call it right out, his bullshit excuse. For booking Goldberg and Hogan for the title on a Nitro, the Georgia Dome, was because they booked it a year in advance and they didn't know what was going on with the storyline at the point in time.
1: That sounds like bullshit.
0: Oh my god, full fucking shit! You don't know the fucking storylines. If you don't know the storylines, no wonder why Vince McMahon bought your ass out. <clears throat> I mean, come on, <laughs> You beat him for eighty three weeks. That's it. That's yeah. It. I mean, one more time. That's it. All you cared about, and Eric Bischoff said this, and I believe this statement is true. All (coughs) WWE, a la Ted Turner, cared about was beating Monday Nitro. And of course, they beat. I'm sorry, Nitro. Yeah, was beating beating Monday Night Raw. Of course, they beat Monday Night Raw. Monday Nitro that night pulled in over forty thousand people at the Georgia Dome. That is the that's fucking WrestleMania arena. Yeah. Yeah, it It really is. Yes, it is. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to tease us fans for a little bit. So Hogan on that Nitro says to Goldberg that he has to defeat Scott Hall first in order to go against Hogan later that night, and he does. Now, my last little bullshit about this before we move on to other stuff in the show is fuck you two to Hulk Hogan. And I'm seriously, what the fuck are you thinking, Hulk? Goldberg, I can't blame him for this. He's a new guy. He's young. He's green behind the ears. He's gonna do what they tell him to do because he's new. Hulk Hogan, you're a fucking veteran at this fucking time. You know how the fucking game works. You know how wrestling works. You know how booking works. Can't you go Can't you pull your fucking fifteen inch dick out on Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner's desk and say, "I'm not losing the title to Bill Goldberg on a nitro in the Georgia Dome." This. Wrong with you?
1: This is the this is the perfect example of why they don't do guaranteed contracts in professional wrestling. Because what the what did Hulk Hogan give a fuck about? Well, that's, like he, he, no. he he sure he gets paid to sell to sell t-shirts, but he had a guaranteed contract. Like he doesn't give a fuck whether it's on Monday Nitro or or
0: Starcade. But he's you know, he's, he's getting, paid,
1: getting paid. He's getting paid regardless of how many people or how few people show up.
0: I'm I'm so disappointed, and and Hulk Hogan and that, you know, being part of nine WrestleMania straight, being a part of Vince McMahon and the and the McMahon family, seeing how actually promotion works for wrestling, knowing everything there is to know about wrestling, why in the fuck did he not go up to them and say, "I'm not losing the titles to him on a Nitro." The Georgia Dome should be Starcade. Why isn't it? Wh- wait, why? But wh- WCW had this theme for a couple years where every every time a pay per view, like like Halloween Havoc, was always in Las Vegas and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking WCW's headquarters was in Atlanta. Why didn't they have Starcade at the fucking uh, at, the, uh, at the at the at, at the fucking Georgia Dome? Starcade was always at, at DC. I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. <it's, laughs>
1: Do you I don't know.
0: I don't know. Who the fuck is running the ship? The Kraken is attacking it, and you have no way off. My god. <laughs> Just my god. So Goldberg wins the title. And he he vacates the United States title, and then at Road Wild, he won he he won a battle royal. Beating two NWO members, and after that, his feud with Diamond Dallas Page becomes in when Diamond Dallas Page becomes number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah, because
1: he, ah. he won. He won
0: the the War Games thing. No, he did not. But uh, that's okay. I'm pretty sure he did. It's, that's that's well, not how they. That's that's not World a- War Three or whatever. Forget what it was. Yeah, but but that but that's November. Halloween Havoc is when they go. Well, again. he won something. I don't remember what it is, but he won he something. He didn't yeah. win anything. He just became the number one contender because because fucking uh the the only thing you can probably think of would be would be Fall Brawl that year, and that was the War Games. But World War Three was November. Well,
1: that's what why I said it? War Games originally, and you said no, so I thought I was misremembering. I don't remember what he won, but he won something. I think it was the. I thought it was the war, uh, World War. Uh, I thought it was the war games. I could be wrong, but it was something he won to win the right to play, uh, to to, to to
0: fight, to fight
1: uh, Goldberg for the strap.
0: Maybe. Uh, The only thing that I know about war games, 98, it was team NC. It was team WCW in the main event versus the Wolfpack. It was DDP, Roddy Piper and the warrior. And they defeated NWO Hollywood, which was Hulk Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, and Stevie Ray. And the Wolfpack, which was Kevin Nash, Sting, and Luger. So, But it was DDP, Piper, and the Warriors. So I don't know what. Maybe it was an episode of a Nitro. But regardless of the fact, dude is not the number one contender. You're going to sit here and tell me that if Bill Goldberg was not around, right? Because I would argue at this point in time, Bill Goldberg is more popular than DDP. Right, yeah, you're gonna tell me that if Bill Goldberg wasn't around, DDP at this time would have become number one contender. No, he wouldn't have. I just, it's just so they have a great match at Halloween Havoc. I actually really like that match. DDP carried that motherfucker, and yeah, uh, that was a great
1: match. I mean, you're 100% right, DDP carried it because that's that's the kind of talent
0: DDP was. I agree, so. That was Halloween. So in July of 1998, he wins the title at the Georgia Dome. He has it until October, which will be Halloween Havoc, where he defeats DDP. Then fucking Kevin Nash books himself and wins the World War III, which is their Royal Rumble, and goes against Goldberg at Starcade, which we already reviewed, in the main event for the title. Go ahead. I know. <laughs> Go ahead. Fans uh, of Calling the Ring who may not be fans of Movie Guys Podcast, you know that I'm frustrated with everything when I take a deep breath and sigh at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it
1: because I know what's about to come.
0: Yeah. Ed knows. I know, exactly. I know I've been doing these
1: types of things with you for long enough to know what's about to come. And I, I, I really want to hear what you have to say.
0: I have nothing to say because we already talked about a star K ninety eight. Just again, like what the fuck? Like this is the same thing of going through the B team, going through NWO. It, it, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I, I just don't understand how, why you would have this guy who is your big guy, the person that could have beat him was, I mean, yeah, Kevin Nash could have beat him legitimately, and mm-hmm. the storyline was that Kevin Nash didn't know, quote unquote, that that Scott Hall had this done gun, and Scott Hall was there. That was the sure. storyline.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was the storyline.
0: But that's not what we wanted. What I want and I know what's a different match for a different company. I want I want Goldberg and Nash for the big gold belt and the Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. And if Kevin Nash wins that, then that's legit. But no, that's 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 not at all what happens. Goldberg loses the title and he became 173 and 1. Uh, now Goldberg got his revenge at sold out later in the next year in 1999 when he defeated Hall in a later in a latter taser match.
1: Can I just do this? Can I? Can I, can I pull a, a Jordan for a second for that match? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> so you have a what, you know a great match, a decent match between the two of them. Sure, it's a stupid concept because WCW is stupid. but you know it's coming to its end. They're getting ready to take it home. And fucking Disco Inferno comes out and ruins the match. Who's Disco Inferno? Who
0: the fuck is Disco Inferno?
1: Hashtag who the fuck is Disco Inferno? <laughs> so they're, they're
0: they're taking the match home. Yeah, and
1: and 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 what's it? and Goldberg is on the ladder. Disco Inferno pushes the ladder over. And Goldberg hits his, literally hits his face. He, he, he fucks up. Hits his face on the, 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 the rope and falls. And then Scott Hall get, goes up, grabs the cattle prod, and then they fight for a little while. And Goldberg gets the cattle prod from him and, and wins the match because he hits him with the cattle prod. Or the stun gun or whatever they call it. And then the whole rest of the NWO comes out and beats up Bill Goldberg.
0: uh. Not only that, but we get something that's great. After this match, around this time, in the world of WWF, Vince McMahon's penis is very huge. It's like a baby's arm holding an apple. It it is amazing. I
1: can't believe you brought
0: that up. Go ahead. Because he creates the character, Gilberg.
1: That's right. That's, I, forgot about, I forgot about
0: Gilbert. Gilbert <laughs> is a jobber. and If you don't know the language of wrestling, a jobber is a guy who is permanently there to lose. and makes the other guy look good. He was dressed just like Goldberg. He mocked his entrance. And instead of the pyro, they used sparklers. People were holding sparklers when he came out. Uh, he,
1: was,
0: he, was a, he, was, he was 110 pounds soaking wet, and his catchphrase was who's first?
1: Yeah, because he his match, he had a he had a match he couldn't win. He would he had a he had a streak that he couldn't win.
0: Now, Gilberg became the one and became the became a one time only light heavyweight champion for WWF. He held the title for 15 months, becoming okay. the longest recognized light heavyweight champion in the history of WWF. Yes. Woo! <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> <sighs> wow. <laughs> End of the show, everybody have a good night
1: yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ I did forget I legit forgot about Gilbert
0: yeah. now, Around this time they created Gilbert and on the record books of WWF when they used to have the light heavyweight championship Gilbert is the longest reigning light heavyweight champion Held it for 15 months Wow I just, anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Later on in the years of WCW, uh, he began to feud with Chris Jericho. Uh, and then also, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, The Miz uh, was a part of it. Uh, I don't know if this is right or not, but it says The Miz said that the number would just go on and on and on uh, to where it was like, wait a second. How did he get this many wins in such a short time? Um, He was talking; he was making the Miz was talking about WCW fans at that point in time. Um, Goldberg's career takes another shit. Uh, We're going to um, we're going to uh, take a break here for a second uh, before we talk about his end of his uh, career at WCW here. But we do want to talk about something very special to us when it comes to drinking responsibly. Ed, how about you?
1: Yeah, drinking, you know, somebody who's
0: had a lot of people that uh,
1: in, in my past have had issues with, uh, with not doing so and unfortunately having passed away drinking responsibly is something that is very important to me. So please, you know, please everybody go do that.
0: And make sure to check out in sellercom the They are a part of Call it the Ring and Movie Guys podcast as a sponsor here. Check them out. Click on the banner on the left side of our homepage at MovieGuysPodcast.com. And you we'll be able to get awesome craft beer, such as our good buddy Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken School IPA. Right, Ed? Great beer.
1: Yes, sir. It is incredible. I, I'm a huge fan of IPAs myself. And, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the greatest beer drinker in the history
0: of professional wrestling.
1: I take that back second greatest beer drinker. You're going to say compared, Sandman. Compared to Sandman. Yes, I was.
0: You we're going to say Sandman, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, into oh, sorry so what no go ahead continue I'm sorry no you uh, you broke up terribly by the way did yeah, I really yeah bad sir that's why I continue to talk uh thats anyway sorry right a little more time because you broke up I just started talking
1: oh no I good you were fine just continue. No, you're good yeah. okay
0: So, uh, Goldberg's career takes a shit. Now we're going to combine the two worlds that we love, Ed. We're going to combine wrestling, and we're going to combine movies. Because in 1999, at Spring Stampede, Goldberg uh, gained his revenge against Nash by defeating him. And then later on that year, he decided to start a little movie called Universal Soldier The Return. Mm -hmm. With Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now, are we at Movie Guys Podcast ever going to review Universal Soldier franchise? I can never say never. Uh, The first movie is what it was, Um, but then then, Goldberg thinks it's a great idea to be a soldier um, in that movie. I just don't – so anyway.
1: uh, He was on The Celebrity Apprentice.
0: uh, (laughs) So Bill Goldberg returns after two months and defeats Scott Steiner at Road Wild, which would be the last Road Wild, and then he starts his feud again with DDP – Uh, he gets the, he gets the United States heavyweight championship again. He has another interesting match with Sid vicious later on, which was a great, which was a great, interesting match. Um, uh, Bill Goldberg, uh, wrestles against Bret Hart on nitro. And then later on, he starts his uh, rivalry with vicious again, and defeated him in an I Quit at an I Quit match at the first and only pay per view of Mayhem. I, I just
1: uh... listen. We're getting to the point in when we, unfortunately, we get to this point when we talk about all WCW wrestlers and WCW pay per views, but specifically wrestlers like. It starts to really suck come 2000, 2000 2001. You wanna talk like about really everything, everything, everything is awful. Abso fucking lutely awful for for WCW at that time.
0: You wanna talk about awful? Let's talk about Bill Goldberg teaming with Brett the fucking hitman Hart.
1: They won the tag team titles together and I then know. and then and then six days later they fight each other. For the for the for the for the strap, and they're having a really 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 good match. One of the best matches in Goldberg's career. They beat up three referees, and then and then Rowdy Roddy Piper comes out, who's the commissioner at WCW at the time, comes out in a in a WCW uh, wrestling uh, referee shirt, comes out and just calls the match. Says, "Oh, that's it. I'm done." and takes the belt and walks back to the thing and, and walks back and Bret Hart chases after him. He's like, what the fuck man? And they, and he was given the strap and like, there's no explanation. And there is later. There is later on, on the next week, but that's how wow. stupid. How stupid.
0: All right, yo, let's just get into this. Cause I don't want to talk about this forever because it's just, uh, uh 2001 WWF buys WCW. Vincent man's complete control. Uh, Bill Goldberg is one of the many wrestlers that decides, you know what? I'm going to just sit here for a year on my ass and, um, I'm not going to worry about wrestling. I'm going to get paid for because I have a contract.
1: Well, he went to all Japan pro wrestling
0: in 2002. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So Ed, would you have done that? Yeah. they all They all had guaranteed
1: wrestling? contracts. They all had guaranteed contracts.
0: So. We will talk about the invasion pay-per-view for WWF eventually within our run here. i have call it in the ring. Mm-hmm. But just to give my little two cents, we're talking about Goldberg here. If I, Vince McMahon has a lot of great moments. He has a lot of shit moments. We've explained that in the show multiple times. But what's terrible is that he buys WCW and he immediately wants to go into this invasion angle. You should have waited. I mean, like, if you have... Sting, who will never go, but let's just say you have Hall, Nash, Hogan, and Goldberg. Those four as the leaders of the invasion have been great. That doesn't happen. Goldberg premieres on Monday Night Raw for the first time in March of two thousand three on March thirty first, and he is he premieres right after WrestleMania nineteen, and he starts the feud with The Rock. How do you mm-hmm. feel about that? Well, it was exactly what we were looking for. Was it? Because I don't know if
1: the Rock would. It been happened. It happened way too later. It happened way too late. I would have liked to see that in 1997. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Goldberg versus the Rock—that was the thing. The problem was is that everybody knew about it at the time. So when Goldberg was supposed to have his his uh, Goldberg was supposed to have his debut, right? It was uh, he was supposed to have his debut and. The Rock's back, saying, "I'm yeah, I went to Hollywood, and now I'm back, and y'all are booing me, so I'm leaving." And then the 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 fans were like Goldberg, Goldberg, and The Rock, being the great, the great greatest in my opinion, in ring performer of all time, particularly on the mic, said, "What do you guys know about my my accountant, Ira Goldberg? Why are you chanting his name?" And oh, then I get. Him- it. Yeah. I get it, a Jew joke, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then all of a sudden Goldberg comes out, and, and the only people who are surprised are the people that are paid to act surprised are the Jr. Jr. and uh, and and the King.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I agree with him starting a feud right off the bat with The Rock. Um, I myself wanted to see it, and it never ever came to light. I wanted to see Goldberg and uh, Stone Cold. That would have been.
1: That would have been such a terrible match. They both needed people to carry them. They couldn't carry each other. They're not capable of doing that.
0: This will be the final episode of Calling in the Ring. <laughs> uh, I will no longer continue to go with the guy who just spoke completely, literally out of his ass when it came to Stone Cold Steve Austin being carried. Uh, This is not a Stone Cold episode, so I will not argue with you. But uh, this will be the last one. Wow. You're a piece of shit. But I'm not wrong. You kind of are, though, but okay. No, I'm not wrong. Oh, God, Ed. So, uh, his... You know, he goes through a bunch of wrestlers. He goes through Bischoff. He goes to Triple H, Batista, so on and so forth. Uh, His career with WWF ends uh, the year after... When he wrestles at WrestleMania 20 with Stone Cold Steve Austin as a special guest referee against Brock Lesnar, which is considered one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history because nobody cared. Everybody knew that Bill Goldberg Goldberg was leaving. Everybody knew that Brock Lesnar was leaving. Nobody cared about this match. I didn't care about this match. I see this match to this day, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Terrible. That match is terrible. What do you think about that match?
1: Well, the thing, about, the thing about Goldberg is, like, his matches aren't really good. They're, none of them are. They're just kind of exciting because he does really exciting shit, you know. And But I will say this. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it.
0: As well, an but, adult,
1: it wasn't great. As an adult, it wasn't great. But, like, as a kid, when it happened, it was like it was awesome. And the thing that we've said, like, this is exactly what I just made a joke about about Stone Cold, but I was making a joke just to pick on you, although I do believe it to a certain degree. But this is that brought into real life and action. Two guys who need somebody to carry them in the ring together, just doing suplexes, just doing suplexes and F5s and jackknives.
0: Yeah, because Brad Gleiser can't wrestle to save his life.
1: And neither, right, yeah, and really, really, neither can
0: Goldberg. No, I agree with you. I've I've already expressed my displeasures with that and already in the show. Like, both suck as performers. If I had to pick between Goldberg and Lesnar, it would be Goldberg, because Lesnar is pawn scum. He's he's not only a terrible wrestler, but a terrible human being. I I hate that man. And uh, I can't wait for Strowman to take the title off him at the Royal Rumble this year. I'm just saying. My two cents.
1: I would like for that ten-year-old kid who won the tag mat, the tag team t- titles with Stro- with Braun Strowman, to beat him. Yo. Oh. <laughs> so, so literally, yeah.
0: literally anybody, anybody, anybody can do it. So, anybody,
1: match, literally anybody else but Brock Lesnar, please. Anybody else but fucking Brock Lesnar.
0: Anybody. So that yeah. match uh, can, is, can, goes on in history as one of the worst matches, and uh, Goldberg leaves. And nobody hears from him again until 2016. Uh, ESPN did a little special with Gold, with uh, Bill, Goldmer, uh, Bill Goldberg. Uh, the coach, coach, whatever you want to call him from ESPN, interviews him and says, do you know that you have a character of yourself in the wrestling game as a DLC? He said he's super excited and some things are going to happen in the future. Brock Lesnar calls him out and Bill Goldberg shows up. And everybody's excited and greets him with open arms. He defeats Kevin Owens for the Universal Title, mm-hmm. Raw's uh, Raw's version of the Heavyweight Championship at Fastlane, and then he goes into a shitty match with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series in November 2016. It was hyped up; everybody's excited. He does two spears, a jackhammer, game over. Until they go to WrestleMania later on that year, where Brock Lesnar wins the title for five years straight.
1: I remember after that match this was long before called in the ring but after that match you and I not not the one that Brock Lesnar won but the one where he lost after 30 seconds you and I were pretty you and I were legit hyped about it it was our own stupid fault because we were we were jumping back into our 12 year old minds at about Goldberg we both were and we were both like what in the fuck was that Oh my god! I'm so disappointed. I, I I hate WWE. I absolutely hate it. We so yeah. I, I we should have seen it coming. We weren't. Be, we were not being realistic
0: with with ourselves. No, yeah. I mean, calling the ring was not even a tickle in the nutsack at that point, yet. And we were right. just. But here's the thing, though. That was really fun for me. Is I stopped watching wrestling, like I said in 2001. The last time I stopped watching WCW was in 1999, 2000, and you know I get back into wrestling in the summer of 16, and here's Goldberg.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So I immediately just start falling in love with it right off the bat. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know
0: because it's like, oh my fucking god, like this is this is wonderful. And you picked up right where
1: you left off. You're like, he's been wrestling this whole time.
0: Oh my god, Goldberg! (laughs) I got all these years of oh. Oh, my God. oh, oh, and now he's old. <laughs> now, he, now, he, now he just, oh, boy. So, you know, it was fun to see Goldberg back. Um, it was fun to see him at WrestleMania. That was cool. Um, I just, just I, I am not going to get into what I feel about w, WWF right now. I feel that the, but... I will leave with this that I feel that the brand of WWF is getting better now that the, that the McMahon family is taking it over again. Because mm-hmm. um, there are certain people that are winning matches that would never win matches before. So You know,
1: I, and I hate to say this, I think that this was kind of more of a, of a, of a kick in the, in the nuts to, to Triple H than it was to anything and anybody else. I think that Triple H got in over his head. The guy, the guy. The what's that? Yeah. No, he dropped the ball. You're right. He, he's trying to focus on too many things at once, and I don't know who's legitimately running the show. I don't know who's booking. Who 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 is booking up until the, the last couple of weeks? But I'm I'm glad, and I hope it's not just a shtick storyline. I hope that they really take back control because Vince, although he sucks at creating and developing characters, he's good at taking what he's go- taking what he's got and giving you giving the best of what he's got to the fans with the exception of falling in love with guys like Brock Lesnar. <laughs>
0: with, okay. With, um, you know, I'm not going to fight with you on that statement. I will disagree, but I'm not going to fight with you on that one. We'll have a Vince McMahon only show eventually. And we'll talk about that. Sure. But,
1: I can't wait for that one. Boy, can I not wait for that
0: one? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Cause I'm not going to go on for another hour. Um, about mm-hmm. how I feel you're wrong, uh, to a certain degree. I'm not saying that you're totally wrong, but, to a certain degree no but um i i i i don't feel that the new mcmahon takeover is a stick. um i think that they really sit down and said wow so uh three weeks ago was the lowest ratings in the history of raw uh we need to do something so uh i i don't think that was a stick. i think that's legit and i think triple h needs to just focus on wrestling and uh Not worry about his beard and his bald hair. He needs to focus on uh, what matters. He needs to bring Kevin Owens back. He needs to have good storylines. He just needs to do that. Um, Don't be an Eric Bischoff like we discussed already in the show because Eric Bischoff completely destroyed Goldberg's career. Now, I will end the note on the Goldberg episode on this. Do I think Goldberg would have had a 20-plus career like Undertaker did? Uh, being the kind of wrestler that he is, no. Do I feel and have I already expressed to you, Ed, into the fans' storylines that has pulled on my ass that sound a billion times better than what we actually got? Yeah. I just, I'm just disgusted going back and, and watching uh, this old Goldberg stuff. It just breaks my heart. Um, this show called In the Ring has done for me in wrestling what movies have done for me in my life. I can't look at a movie without, you know, like, for example, last night, Ed, my wife wanted to watch for New Year's. She wanted to watch a stupid little movie. So we watched Game Night, you know, with Rachel McAdams. Sure. We reviewed that movie. No, we didn't, but okay.
1: Oh, we did. We didn't no.
0: Make- and I'm just like, that wouldn't happen in real life. This wouldn't happen in real life. And my wife said, like, shut up. It's a stupid movie. You know, like, it's, and now I can't sit back and enjoy a wrestling show anymore. I have to critique it and go like, oh, my God. Oh my God, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just becoming—it's uh, just becoming a pain in my ass. And what a disappointment Goldberg's, Goldberg's career to me was. It was a lot better living it when I was twelve years old, uh, but it's not good to relive it. It's—it's—it's it, it, it's not good. Uh, disappointing, uh, very sad, iconic, but the man just got fucked in the ass too many times. My opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy picked – the guy stayed with WCW way too long. I mean, the thing was, is like, he obviously – he got signed by WCW. WCW made him more money than anything he'd ever had in his whole life, and he stuck it out to the end. That's just how it happened for him. And he had a couple of matches in Japan a year after WCW came out. He should have been one of the – if he would have left, if he would have been one of the guys that left – beforehand he could have been he could have been something he could have been hulk hogan quite frankly if he would have gone the wwe in say 1998 you know won the wcw strap and then when the storyline started to get retarded went to wwf they would have given him great runs in the at the peak of the attitude era which would have been great he would have had he, we would have seen we would have seen Goldberg versus The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania.
0: That would have been something to see. And we would have, have seen have something like that. We would have yeah. seen something like that. So I'm disappointed that it never happened. But it, it is what it is. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed in WCW. I'm disappointed in the booking. And I'm just really disappointed. What I'm also disappointed about is our next episode in two weeks.
1: Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot so- wait.
0: For this, so people who have been listening to the show, as such as you right now, that's listening, know that uh, I'm not an ECW guy. I don't get it. Um, I have proven Ed wrong numerous times that the company has declared oh, bankruptcy. My balls, you have not ever proven me wrong about it. But go ahead. Kind of, kind of did though. Kind of kind of hold proved to you two on air that they declared bankruptcy. No, well, I did. I mean, isn't. it's, no, a, it's a, a fucking fact. fact. You, you can't fact. prove to me a fact. Hold on, hold on. I actually showed you the facts off-air, and that's what made us do this episode coming up. Uh, but anyway. prepare prepare, fans for our next episode in two weeks, right? It is going to be a fucking slobber knocker. It is going to be a fight. It is going to be Jordan and Ed in a hell in a cell. Wait, how does Vince do it? Well, it's going to be Jordan and Ed and <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna fill your vet with, with concrete, buddy, because you better you better you better put your lace up your training boots, tie your tights on tight, and get ready for the fight of your life, brother, because you have no idea what you're in for. Because ECW uh, yeah. Yeah. is the greatest. The greatest professional wrestling organization that has ever lived.
0: Besides the current bankruptcy. Um, Okay. So this episode of ECW, and the reason why we're hyping it up is market on your calendar fans, because Friday, January 18th, before 9 a.m. Eastern standard time, the episode will be uploaded for everybody. It's called her ECW episode and it's going to be Jordan and Ed inside of (laughs) fighting about ECW. Ed is a big ECW fanatic and a fan and I am completely disgusted by ECW and think it's absolute dog shit. Jordan has also said he doesn't quite like wrestling. So that's proven my
1: point. We'll go.
0: I don't like wrestling, but I do a show with you about wrestling. Interesting. You, you, you do a show with me about WWE. <laughs> we,
1: we just you even said you, You've even said that you don't care about the independents. You don't care about NWA. You only care about what you can find on the network. I care. So about I'm you. giving you all the opportunity. I'm giving you all the opportunity in the world for the next two weeks. Yeah. I want you to watch. I you, you have to watch. I'll even give you guys. I'll even give the fans a list. Of the things that I'm the, the episodes, or excuse me, the, the pay per views, the matches that are on the network, plus where to potentially find things that aren't on the network about ECW, because about it. without without the knowledge you you without the knowledge of WC or excuse me of ECW, mm-hmm. you can't really and truly appreciate it. I, I can tell you until I'm blue in the face about it, but you've sure. got to watch it. You've got to be able to see guy, things. You've got to be able to watch. The, the match between Terry Funk and Sabu where the ropes are barbed wire and Sabu rips his bicep off in the match in order to try and finish the match for $500.
0: So <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to end my rant on this. Okay. Cause you said something in your little statement there that I want to make very clear to the fans. People that annoy me in my life, what really grinds my gears, I would say, Peter Griffin, is, especially people like my wife, she goes, I don't want to see that movie. The movie looks like shit. How do you know? You didn't see it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that ECW is shit unless I've seen ECW. Now, have I seen every speck of ECW? No. Have I watched the main pay-per-views of ECW in my past? Yes. Do I know the wrestlers? Sandman. Sure. The Dudley Boys. Sabu. Yes. Do I know these people? Yes. The Blue Meanie. Of course I do. So my argument is, is that people that annoy me in my life that say that they don't like something and they've never even seen it pisses me off. I have seen ECW and I'm telling you, I don't like it. I'm just giving you that, I'm just giving you that little tease now to the fans and do you, add that... I'm not talking shit just because I don't like the concept. I've watched this shit. I've learned about this shit. I've studied the shit. And I, I think it's shit. I just think it's terrible. And no, I, I also, and also, I'm going to go into the archives here and I'm going to check out a movie that everybody who's listening to this episode should check out. We're, I'm going to be checking out a little documentary called. Uh, beyond the backyard, it is uh, it is it is it is it is a wrestling documentary about backyard wrestling, uh, with uh, RVD as the main front runner for it, and about these stupid fucking kids just destroying themselves over stupid shit because of what ECW shows them. It's stupid, and I'm not a fan of it. And I'm not saying that I'm a fan of it because I think kids are stupid. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that ECW. It has a niche market, and it goes to niche fans, and those fans just don't understand what's fake and what's real. So that's my opinion on that, and it will be an interesting show. Interesting fucking show. But I have done my research. I just want to make that clear to you, buddy. I've done my research. I'm learning. don't like it. No, sir. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, sir. (laughs) No, sir. But we hope that you do like this episode. Thank you so much for downloading this episode, fans here. I have the most recent episode of the Goldberg episode of Calling in the Ring. I had a great time talking about this one. I got a chance to do my Vince McMahon impression, so that's always fun. And uh, make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.com, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and also on iHeartRadio and iTunes, and also on Spotify. You can download this episode and many others in our archive section for called in the ring and also on movie guys podcast. So Ed, thank you so much for joining me in this episode and we'll be back. Make sure to check out the next episode on January 18th for the fight of the year between Jordan and Ed for an ECW debate. Have a good night.
1: ECW, ECW, ECW.